Welcome to Black Boys and Men, Changing the Narrative, a podcast series sponsored by the McSilver Institute for Poverty Policy and Research at the NYU Silver School of Social Work and the Community Technical Assistance Center of New York. I'm your host, Jason Jones. This series brings together thought leaders, community members, and individuals with lived experience to discuss and dispel the myths and stereotypes surrounding black boys and men, while providing facts and best practices for those working with these often marginalized populations. Suicide is a topic that is often difficult to discuss, but even more difficult to ignore. While our societal reluctance to deal with this issue has decreased, understanding the risk factors for suicide are crucial to every community. For this podcast, we're joined by Dr. Sean Joe, Associate Dean for Faculty and Research and the Benjamin E. Youngdo Professor of Social Development at the George Warren Brown School of Social Work. Dr. Joe is a thought leader on black suicidal behavior and preventing self-destructive behaviors in black adolescent males. Dr. Joe, thanks for joining us. Let's hear more about you and your work. My work is focused primarily on trying to address one primary question, that is, what are the factors that impact the healthy transition from adolescence to young adulthoods for black youth, particularly black boys? My work has started off really focused on homicide among this population and understanding those factors that negatively impact that healthy transition. And then it moved on to suicide because of the great need for work in the area. Families, other scholars were really asking the questions, what do we know about black youth suicidal behavior? And unfortunately, when the work was done and some of the basic work that we did around just describing the epidemiology of suicidal behavior among black Americans, using the death data, we realized that black youth, particularly black males, were accounting for most of the suicide deaths among black Americans. And there was a rise in the rates beginning in the, in the, in the 80s up to the 90s. That was really alarming because it was, it was a pattern that was very different from what we saw in previous decades. But also, it was really alarming because no one is really taking enough of a look at the rates of suicide among blacks. And we were particularly concerned, particularly those black males 15 to 19, who was accounting for a large share of those deaths and a rise in those deaths among black Americans. So the work has been focused around, again, my primary question, but more recently, I've advanced some work around the epidemiology of suicide, what factors put black at risk for suicide, particularly black males, and what can we do to focus on the holistic and healthy development of black males as they transition from adolescence to young adulthood. I find it interesting that despite the importance of the topic as well as the need to research it, suicide among black boys and men is often not discussed on the level of other racial and ethnic groups. Why do you think that is? From a public health point of view, uh, black Americans account for uh, fewer suicides. So most of the suicides in the United States of the estimated, again, more recently, 40,000-plus suicides, black Americans would account for about less than 5,000 suicides in the United States. So from an epidemiological point of view, the groups at higher risk are white males, particularly older white males. So for a long time, the public health approach is just focused on those who are most at risk. That does not mean that examining other ethnic groups wasn't important, and that's why myself and others in the field beginning, began to look at uh, different ethnic groups to try to understand what is the level of suicide risk for those groups. So prior to uh, 1997, there was very little work 
empirical work in this area. But now, I say in the last two decades, there were more studies, not enough, but more studies at least on the risk factors and the and raising the awareness. The most recent article by um, Jeff Bridges looking at suicide among black children, which shows that the rates of suicide have increased faster for black children, those under 12, than it did for white children. So I think it's getting out there, but it's never going to dominate the conversation around suicide. And when discussing the risk factors, uh, specifically for suicide, but also for black boys, what are those? Well, one, we, we have to understand that we need more information. So let me say that first, because again, we don't have enough data to really answer many of our big questions. So we understand now that, first of all, there's an age difference in terms of suicide risk. If you look across the lifespan for most ethnic groups in the United States, first with whites, as whites age, their risk of suicide goes up as they age. However, for blacks, the highest risk is among those under 35. Then there's another growth in the risk, but that's for much older black adults. So understand that age makes a difference. So being younger, for some reason, puts you at risk, and we can talk about possible theories related to that. The other thing to understand is also that males account for most of those deaths. But that's not that's similar to what we expect for the national um, population. But with black males, you're talking about not four to one ratios. You're talking about six to eight to one ratios. So, for example, in 2014, males accounted for 80 percent of the deaths among black Americans related to suicide. So they're accounting for large proportions of those deaths. So being male put one at increased risk. We also confirm that it's clear that if you have a psychiatric disorder or more than one disorder, it elevates your risk for suicidal thinking, suicidal behavior in terms of non-fatal attempts, and we don't have the data to fully examine its rate, how it contributes to suicide, to suicide meaning the death itself. We know substance use plays a role, social isolation, trauma, homelessness, all the known risk factors does elevate one's risk for suicidal behavior and even suicides, meaning the death itself. What about the age do you think really impacts this population with regards to suicidal attempt and ideation? Well, you know, the, the, the framework I've often espoused is that growing up today for black children since the 1980s is very different than previous generations. There have been a lot of major changes in terms of social changes in the United States. But for black adolescents, one of the things we're looking at, for example, is that black adolescents have attitudes that are very, that's growing to be very similar to white adolescents regarding their attitudes towards suicidal behavior. So you'll find that younger blacks are more accepting of the idea that individuals might take their own life than older blacks. So we've looked at a study where, in the context of blacks who responded to hopelessness measures, and we find that those who have a positive attitude, meaning that they're more accepting that an individual might want to take their lives, their rates for suicidal, serious suicidal ideation jumps up more than 10 times if they have a positive attitude or a more accepting attitude towards suicide. So one of the contextual things is that 
you have a generation now who, who, who experiencing strains and stress and socially interpret their experiences similar to white youth in the United States. So that's one of the factors that I think we have to look at and understand that contextualizes black youth suicide. In addition to known things regarding to access to mental health care, stigma towards attitudes towards using mental health care, but I think developmentally they're having a very different experiences growing up than previous generations of black Americans. That's interesting in and of itself, and I think that one of the questions that comes to mind for me is with this shift in the acceptance of suicidal behavior, have you also seen any shifts in acceptance of mental health care as well as the reduction of stigma surrounding mental health? I think the literature is pretty clear that, again, that we have to do some work like what Dr. Lindsay and others are doing out of New York to, to further engage blacks, particularly black males, in the use of mental health services and the work that we have to do to educate families and the youth themselves. I think there's a, this is anecdotal that, that the idea of seeking therapy is not a foreign idea to younger black Americans. I think it's much more commonplace in American society that that's happening. There's work to be done, but I think we're making progress, but the progress, of course, is, 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 is kind of slow right now. So I th as we think about working with this population, I think we have to advance our science on really what would get younger blacks into treatment, and then we also have to advance our science in terms of what's most effective for this population. Despite this sort of work, there's really has never been a randomized controlled trial that truly has examined the impact of an intervention on suicidal behavior among black Americans, particularly black adolescents or black males. So that work is still really has not been done, although there's some cro what we call crossover effects. One or two studies have found an impact on black youth suicide ideation. And in terms of suicide prevention, what are some of the protective factors within the research? Well, we know, interesting enough, that if blacks have access to social support, it reduces their risk, meaning church-based social support, we have found some impact, with, and this more with the adult population of males and blacks. But we, we do believe that familial support, familial connections, anything that reduces the social isolation could be protective. And in a very ironic but difficult way for us to try to understand is that also the, some of the stigma related to suicide might be protective for some blacks, not all. But the literature, is, we have not examined it scientifically, but if we look at the attitudes towards suicidal behavior. There's clear work in psychology that shows that one's attitude towards the behavior is helpful to understanding one's propensity for engaging that behavior. So what has changed blacks' attitudes could be related to how engaged blacks are into the black church and the culture around the black church, which pushed the idea that uh, suicide was a sin. So we have a lot to kind of tease out to offer really clear instructions to families and clinicians about the protective factors that might that might need to be buttressed to support black reducing black males from engaging in suicidal behavior or blacks in general. And with regards to 
where we are currently. There, there of course, is more research that needs to be done and more that we can all do on our parts. But what would you say to family members, to friends, and to other helping professionals with regards to suicide prevention, for, specifically for black males? One, if, if you find a black male is exhibiting signs or talking in a self-destructive way that they don't think life is worth living, that they feel that the world is against them, that they're exhibiting any signs that, that are potentially signs of suicide, that their behaviors are changing in terms of what they're like, they're starting to give away things, they're trying to, be, they're trying to isolate themselves in a very concerning way, that you want to take those signs extremely serious and then consider getting your child uh, assessed and, 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 and connecting them with a potential therapist who can do a much more rigorous assessment of that child, if they're becoming extremely depressed, if they're becoming extremely anxious. Interestingly enough, that anxiety is a very important predictor of suicidal behavior, particularly for black Americans. So it's not just depression, it's also some type of anxiety, whether it's general anxiety, but again, they're apprehensive, they're concerned, you want to be able to look at that. They're starting to drink or use substances a lot more. So take suicidal thoughts and gestures extremely serious and get them get this child examined. I think that's very important for our families to think about. Also think about the role of masculinity and the ability of having the space and to emote and allowing black boys and young men to be able to have safe spaces to talk about how they're feeling and how they're experiencing the world. That's going to be very important for us to be able to do so that we don't chastise them for expressing emotional hurt and pain. There's nothing worse than isolating our, our boys and young men to, or putting them in the closet re- related to their hurt and pain. Again, that only furthers the sense of burdensomeness and other factors that might re- result in suicidal thinking or behavior. So there's some concrete things that we can do as families just to be aware and seek help whenever and wherever possible. I completely agree. And I think that One of the things that we've noted is that some of the efforts that currently exist focus on positive development of black boys and men, such as the Homegrown STL initiative that you are a part of. Can you talk to us about that work? Homegrown is an initiative I'm I'm, I'm developing out here in St. Louis. Now, out of my, I, I moved here roughly when Michael Brown was killed, and out of that experience and processing that, it was very clear to me that a broader place-based strategy that is data-driven, evidence-based, needed to be developed where we have to do bigger things. We have to really try to take a collective impact strategy to reach out to all the service providers working with black boys in the area and ensure they have the best access to the best evidence information out there. And our goal is really to test the idea of simply of, as a community, can we reach every black boy and ensure that those who have critical needs, that they're getting access to those services. So we needed to take a very broad, detailed approach to community-based interventions, and that's what we're doing with Homegrown. It's an attempt to model how you take a geographic area And every black boy that we identify, which in our area, we have 60,000 black males between the ages of 12 to 29. And our strategy is to commit to them for a 10-year period to marshal the resources they need to address their critical needs and to focus on one goal, 
how to help them increase their own social mobility. Now, this is a very big agenda. It involves multiple disciplinary teams. It takes a lot of groups to get involved and, and convened and organized. But I thought that was the most important thing that would help us focus on black male healing, and that would lead to black male growth and development. You can't have growth and development without the healing. And we're trying to make sure our community is organized enough to be able to assess, intervene, and stay committed to young black males as they go through this very important transitional periods in their lives. That sounds incredible, and we definitely wish you luck with the program and hope that you receive all the resources that you need to keep it going. Dr. Jai, I'm just wondering, is there anything else that you'd like to share with us with regards to suicide prevention of black men? Overall, I would just say it's important to understand or focus on how black males expression their masculinity, the importance of them having safe spaces to emote and to deal with their feelings and their critical needs, to encourage them to seek therapeutic support, understand that there might be concerns about psychiatric medication, and we have to find ways to educate the population about that, but also make sure that they have the right medication is not doing more harm than good. But without the science at this point, we have to push for more individuals to get involved in this area of science so we can create better, higher quality services for blacks and black males who are seeking mental health services to reduce their risk for suicide. And with that, Dr. Joy, I'd like to thank you so much for sharing your expertise and helping us engage with a topic that is often difficult to discuss, but extremely important for our communities. So thank you. Thank you very much. I appreciate the opportunity to discuss. Thanks for joining us. I'd like to thank our sponsors, our presenter, Dr. Sean Joe, and our producer, Brianna Gonzalez. To learn more about our work and to check out some of our resources, visit mcsilver.nyu.edu and ctacny.org. Until next time, this is Jason Jones, and we are changing the narrative together.